We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I am excited because we are going to talk about um, North American traditional indigenous food. And, of course, I want to tell you a little bit first. Two years ago, an area of showcase native foods was born over at the Global Midtown Market. And if you haven't been there in a while, make sure you get over there. Now the Indigenous Food Lab is about to enter the next phase in its mission to reach, teach, and provide the food from the area's native tribes and cultures. So what exactly is the next for, or what exactly is next for this award-winning space? Well, let's ask Culinary Director Don Juilliard, who is joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, Don. Hello. Great to have you. Great to have you join us. You know, um, I, I hear about this every now and then in the global midtown markets. Tell us exactly what this is all about, North American traditional indigenous food systems and why it's important. Well, we are, um, as you said, um, our acronym is NATIFS, N-A-T-I-F-S, and we are also the Indigenous Food Lab, which is the brainchild of our founders, um, Sean Sherman and Dana Thompson, who are also the founders of the award-winning Awamni Restaurant. That if your listeners are not familiar with, um, they just won the James Beard Award for the best restaurant in the whole nation and that is quite a prestigious award and the fact that it is a native pre-colonial um, ingredient restaurant it makes it even tenfold and i don't believe any um, restaurant from the twin cities has ever been bestowed that honor so many kudos to them and um so kind of tying into who we are we are the nonprofit, which is essentially the sister organization to awamni by the sous chef um, and here at the Indigenous Food Lab, we um, we work primarily with pre-colonial ingredients. And if you have never thought about it, um, I ask one basic question, and that is, we were here living for thousands of years. What did we eat before boats ever came um, from Europe? And the answer is that there were just so many um, nutrition-rich foods that um, Native tribes assisted on in North America, and a lot of those food systems have gone to the wayside and have been stripped mm-hmm. from the people um, as a means of genocide and a way to um, take away traditions from Native people. And so kind of at the heart of the food sovereignty movement, which Sean, Chef Sean Sherman, is arguably um, one of the leading voices in this movement, 
is the idea that if you can take away people's culture and identity by stripping away their food systems, isn't the opposite true, that you can bring those things back to a culture and to a community by bringing these traditional indigenous foods and ingredients back into people's bodies? And that is at the heart of our mission. And what we're doing over at the Midtown Global Market is um, we are building the country's first indigenous food lab where we're taking all these ingredients and we're tasked with making recipes and processes and procedures and different ways to cook with them and present them um, in ways to benefit our communities. And that happens um, kind of with what the people need. Um, So we have done some indigenous smoothie programs for the youth of Boys Fort Tribe. Um, We are working with white Earth youth to make some food boxes that use indigenous ingredients that are healthy um, and nutritious, that they are going to come down to the food lab, learn how to do this, and take it back to their community and distribute it to their people in in their own towns. And so that's just kind of a, a little bit of a taste of what we do at the food lab. And in tandem with that, we are opening the IFL market in the global market, which is going to be uh, the nation's first um, all-Indigenous marketplace where we're having not only food produced by Native people, but arts and crafts and books and and just products in general um, behind the backdrop of our IFL commercial kitchen and our education center where we are going to be um, producing videos, doing cooking classes, demos, workshops, just a whole plethora of different things in the education side. Um, and it's also a space where... Um, Visiting indigenous chefs or aspiring indigenous chefs can come to train and learn and test recipes and um, just a really supportive environment for chefs and people working in the food sovereignty movement. And we are also going to have a fast casual restaurant, very much like all the rest of the food stalls that you see at the Midtown Global Market. Um, and it's going to be very similar to the kind of food that you would eat at a Wamni, um, but it is going to be um, a fast casual concept, and it's going to be more accessible than a Wamni because for all the success they've received, um, it's quite hard to get a reservation down there. So um, our um, our food is going to be more accessible and available, and um, right alongside all of the other international vendors that are our neighbors down at the global market. Do you have a difficulty, and um, I should ask, is it difficult for you to gather the food that you need in order to make um, the food that you want? Because we don't always have everything that you need here in the state of Minnesota. Do you have to travel to other countries? Well, we basically open up, um, when we talk about pre-colonial foods, um, it is, we open it up to the continent of the Americas because food knows no borders. So in our mindset, there is no southern or northern border or, uh, the, the, the food continues. Um, so if you read Sean Sherman's cookbook, it's very regional in very northern plains and Great Lakes areas, tribal foods, which, you know, I think everyone's familiar with monoman or wild rice and maple mm-hmm. syrup and blueberries and all those things you think of when you think of local Minnesota food, but we conceptually open it up to all the foods that were indigenous here on this continent. And depending on what region you're from, um, people in the Pacific Northwest, the tribes there, you know, have a lot of seafood and, and things in the coastal regions available to them. And as chefs, it gives us more creative freedom to kind of bring in some of these things, chilies, tomatoes, 
um, cacao, things like that from Mexico and South America. So um, our foods are, are very um, in, include all of these things. So it, it adds um, more variety and more creativity for us as chefs. You know, Midtown Global Market um, introduced you guys to us um, back in 2020, and that was during the pandemic. And, of course, we're all kind of worried about this winter to see what's going to happen. But the children, no matter what, um, where you're from or, or if you're an indigenous child, they have been introduced to bad food for a long time. How, yeah. how is it that you have seduced them to this food, this good food for them, and given them all the history that they need to understand why it's necessary to have this? Is it going well so far for the children? It is going well for the children. And the question that I presented earlier in this interview of, we were here for thousands of years, what did we eat? You know, that's a question that is not only new to children, but it's also new to adults inside and outside of tribal communities. You know, people in Native communities have often not ever thought about it. And so I've, I've seen literally, like, people's eyes light up and, like, little light bulbs going over their heads. And so that sparks a natural curiosity that, um, that really motivates people to try some of these things. And I think the biggest challenge for it is we don't have all of these foods that we're working with are all sugar-free, they're all gluten-free, they're all dairy-free, they're all pork, beef, chicken free. So we do use, um, you know, protein sources that would be indigenous wild and wild game, you know, bison, turkey, duck, things like that. But a lot of it is vegan. And so it makes it in, in just inherently healthy. But the biggest challenge is our seasoning isn't what we are used to in America. You know, right. in America, right. everything is so overly salted, sugared, seasoned, that when you first taste it, the American palate might interpret it as bland, but once you get kind of over that first little hurdle, you're really t- tasting the pure natural flavors of the food. So it doesn't take and long for our tongues to adapt? I, I don't think it does. I mean, I gave up sugar close to five years ago, and I've only been as the culinary director at Natives for less than a year. So I had come in already with my palate completely cleansed of sugar. I mean, I can have... A tablespoon of salad dressing, and I'll, my brain will immediately know if there's sugar or fructose or some artificial sweetener right. in that. You know, I'm like a, a sugar detecting machine. Um, and so I think it probably took me personally mm, less than maybe like six weeks to really um, to really be able to get over that feeling that something didn't taste right because it wasn't sweet enough. Mm-hmm. You so- know, it's a little retraining our palates. Um, but I think the food is, is amazingly flavorful and it makes you feel so good when you eat it. Um, that I think that is motivation. Feeling good is motivating, you know? Well, the, the culinary traditions and, and indigenous communities, uh, to know that you are working so hard to make sure that the children, specifically, I'm, I'm really honing in on that, because they yeah. have to be that generation that starts to say, yes, we're going to eat like this, and we're going to encourage other tribes to, to eat like this, and then we're going to get Americans to eat like this. It's got to be this big idea of how this is going to come to be, because we all need it, not just, not just your indigenous people is all of us that need to to taste this type of food and is is it um at the global market are all welcome all are welcome yes absolutely um and we are working on a way to make it completely accessible regardless of your budget whether you have any money or at all 
um, to set up like a community fund that there will be a dish of a day, whether it be our pozole or our chili or a special um, with some of our house tea blends. We also have a whole tea program yeah. where we're taking traditional indigenous teas and mixtures and, and um, medicinal mixes because also part of this mindset is that food is medicine. You know, food shouldn't harm you. Food should help you. And so the things you put into your body should benefit you rather than um, make make you unhealthy. So, um, you know, bringing a tea or a dish of the day, having a community fund, um, that would be much like when you go to the co-op and they ask you to round up. You know, you could say, would you like to round up to the community fund? So we have a little bit of a slush fund. But regardless, if you walk in and you say, I would like community meal today, you will be able to have that and enjoy that without having any money. And that's really important to us being in South Minneapolis, um, knowing that there are so many people who are affected by poverty and so many people who are houseless that <clears throat> we want them to have a home in the global market and know that they can get a hot meal um, whenever they need it. And that's really a part of our mission, too. So we're working hard to make that happen. Um, okay, so, so for my final question, the Native Foods was born at Global uh, Midtown Market. However, are you going to expand? When will we see another one in another the area? The idea is to expand, and our um, founders think big. And I like to say we're building a skyscraper, but we're just on the first floor right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are talks um, in Montana. I know that there's some activity in Alaska and also um, in Rapid City, South Dakota. So people are very interested in this. And um, this is the first kind of test. So we're building it, and we're going to be open December 1st for our grand opening at the global market. Um, and I'm sure there will be a lot of media and a lot of attention around that because, you know, the success of Awamni has kind of all the eyes on our, our organizations. I have definitely heard a lot about it. I wish we had more time together. There's a whole lot going on, and it's great. It's great news, thank goodness. And we do hope to hear more about more um, of these um, kitchens opening and people can go and and feast on it all and like you said don't expect a lot of sugar and don't expect the salt but if you just give in to it it can really benefit not just your taste buds but also your body your living how you think your brain opens up all of that so i'm definitely going to stop in and and try it myself thank you so much for joining us tonight don i really appreciate it thank you for reaching out i really appreciate it all right take care of you Mm-hmm. That was Don Drulliard, um, the culinary director of North American Traditional Indigenous Food Systems. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.